guys, I'm Chris. And I'm Mike. And welcome back to this week's No Limits, the Thriller Podcast. What's new this week, Mike? Dude, it was a good day. We dropped the Deep State episode, and that got a lot of buzz. So, feeling pretty good about making May Chris Hottie Month. Yeah, surprise Thursday drop. We're, we're about 11, 12 days into uh, to May, but, uh, you know, better late than never. We'll make this uh, Chris Howdy month. It, it, it just so happened that we were able to interview him right after the publication of Storm Rising, which you'll be hearing on this feed before this pod or after this pod. I don't know. Sometime on this pod, you will be hearing that interview with us. So we thought it was only appropriate, you know, to, and it makes sense. He only has like, what? three and a half books available so right let's just make may chris howdy month might as well let's do them all do them all all right so we did deep state today we are going to be talking to you about his newest book storm rising which i highly recommend and then next week or next week week after i don't know some point after this podcast we're going to do savage road as well as the novella insurrection day which is very good highly recommend you can't unfortunately you can't listen on audiobook that gives it a little bit of a, a knockdown for me because i'm an audio guy but uh it's very good and there's no hard copy no paperback or hardback it's just a kindle it's pretty interesting. it's just kindle yeah it is i think it would have sold real well as a mass market paperback even as a novella just some small really quick little read some sort of printed version i think would have would have done well you know, I'm almost surprised as to why they did. Why don't you put it in this in the Storm Rising? Oh, that's a like neat a, idea. Or you know, if you're going to reissue the paperbacks, like put it in the in the end, like an appendix. I mean, I guess it, it kind of comes bef- it kind of comes before, but you know, right. you could, I don't know. It is a standalone kind of thing, so you could do it as an appendix. If you reissue, he mentioned on the interview, which we haven't released yet, that they want to redo the covers, right, for Savage mm-hmm. Road and mm-hmm. Deep State to more align with the cover that he had for Insurrection Day and for this one, Storm Rising. You know, if you're going to reissue that, boom, just put it right after at the end of Savage Road. Right, right. Well, this is interesting. We're doing Chris Howdy like a sandwich. We got the bread. The bottom and the top, and then we're going to go back and do Savage Row and Insurrection Day as the filler. (laughs) You're jumping all over the place. Yeah, but we've got a lot to look forward to after that as well. So just to give you a heads up, we're still chugging along with the Brad Thor podcast. Really excited to be done with two books now, and State of the Union will be coming out next month in June. While on this feed, the Thriller podcast... We're going to be covering someone you know, you love, Jack Carr. We're going to do the same thing we did this month. So we're going to kick it off with his first book, The Terminalist. We'll get into the newest release, In the Blood. And then we'll go back, fill in the middle, try to cover, you know, True Believer, Savage Son. And then by that time, we might have a TV show to start talking about. Yes, a, a, lot, a lot of stuff happening on the, the No Limit Th- Thriller podcast. It's 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 happening. We got a lot of content. Too too much content, Mike. And I didn't tell you, but David confirmed for me all episodes are dropping at once on Amazon. So we're gonna be able to binge that and 
hopefully we'll try to record a bunch of episodes, have it as a package. So as you binge the show at home, you can also binge our takes on it. And we might just have a special guest around that time of the TV show. Don't want to say too much yet, but we are working on getting a special someone around that time. Uh, is it going to be Chris Pratt, Star-Lord? Uh, I don't want expectations to get too high, but that would be something. That, that's a little more unlikely. Than <laughs> I will put it this way. He will be a repeat guest on the Thriller podcast. All right, all right, all right, all right. Still, you know, that's a good guest. I'll take that. I'll, if I have to have to settle for Jack Carr, I'll take that. That's funny. Uh, just a side note, are they dropping, is it 10 episodes or is it six? Uh, good you know? question. I, th- I was actually going to say seven for some reason. Uh, Wikipedia don't have it. Uh, I forget exactly. Oh, okay. Anyways, yeah, we'll 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 break it up and do do a couple pods, either like three episode chunks or something like that. So that'll be fun. I'm excited yeah. for that. Yeah, let's do it. Big one today, though. Storm Rising. Yeah, very much so. I I really like this book, and um, I liked it more after our interview with Chris Howdy. Like I was I was a little bit, I don't want to say down on it, but like because I had I had rushed through deep state and then i immediately went into savage road and then you were like because we weren't planning on interviewing him and then all of a sudden uh david got back to us and was like yo can you do monday at 10 o'clock yeah (laughs) and so i i read or i listened to deep state in less than 24 hours which you know a father of four plus i'm trying to wrap up my job trying to move like i i felt like that was a little bit of a you know, a win for me, considering I had also just crushed two other books in in, in the period of less than a week. Um, so, and then I texted you on like a Friday, "Hey, can you finish the book so we can record on Monday?" <laughs> yeah. So then, then I listened to it. I was like, oh, "It was good." You know, not not as good as Deep State, but then then after we talked to Chris, like, I don't know, it, it just started to rise for me. A little bit of a storm rising. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna say the same exact thing. I was a it was a little hard to get through the middle section of this book, but I think the first third, definitely the the last few chapters, you know, that's the Howdy special. The last few chapters are going to make it all worth it, and that definitely happened here. Though this one was a little tougher for me to, to get through in the heart of it, and that's something we're going to get into later on in the pod, but you know Chris. I like to share my initial thoughts on the book in the form of a limerick. But I must give a spoiler warning for people who don't know. We are digging into the book. If you haven't read it, I don't know why you're here and frankly don't know why you're listening to the podcast. But we're going to spoil it and my limerick definitely jumps to the ending. So, here we go. There once was an operative named April Wu. Though a bacterial infection would come to undo. Deep rivalry and friendship, giving each other lip. Final words from Haley, I love you too. Gets deep in that epilogue, man. Wow, man, you are, you're pulling at the heartstrings right away. Going, going right for the, right for the cut. The final words in the book, I love you too. From Haley to April. Yeah, um, no, that, that was that was that was a good limerick, Mike. So before we, I guess, dive deep into that, let me just give you a little bit of a background on this book. We have still early days, not not many reviews, but it's 
it's coming out pretty positive uh, so far. And I think uh, Chris said this on, on when we interviewed him that you know he hasn't gotten that that death threat yet on uh, on on Amazon or Goodreads. Like this is the worst book ever. Uh, you know it's been pretty good. It's got a four point three six on Goodreads and a four point six on Amazon. A couple of quotes on the uh, the jacket cover. You got the New York Times say it's one of the most one of the more surprising double reverse plot twists in some time, which you know we we get the plot twist in Deep State. I guess there's a little bit of a plot twist in Savage Road, but here we got not one but two plot twists. Oh yeah. So we got Simon Gervais, gritty and engaging. Storm Rising is gripping, a gripping page turner. Nick Petrie says a timely and terrifying read. Jack Carr, the plot rings eerily true. We'll keep you turning the pages well into the night. So just to dive into our synopsis, uh, we have former White House intern turned intelligence operative Haley Chill is filling her time by training as an MMA fighter. When she's convinced to pursue the truth about her father's mysterious fate, she stumbles upon a ciphered document under the floorboards of her father's house. With permission, uh, slight permission, from her handler to probe deeper, she is led into a terrifying subculture of white supremacy within the United States military. As her investigation intensifies, she uncovers an expansive conspiracy to bring about the secession of several states from the country. It is up to Haley to stop a second civil war before it starts, while also confronting the ultimate truth about her own father's role in the harrowing chapter of American history. Mm. You know, both, you know, Jack Carr says the plot rings eerily true. And I I, I just want to, like, I guess go right into that and how, you know, he, he talks about Insurrection Day, right? He insurrection of the capital places Haley chill right into it that's the little novello the, the 2.5 book in this series and then boom he jumps into this plot we're picking up immediately on leads from savage road the you know obviously if you, if you i don't know if you haven't read savage road you should not be listening to this podcast but right <laughs> especially one of those plot twists a big one of the plot twists is really a plot twist over a two-book arc. Yes. So when we last saw Haley, right, she thought she found this person that knew her father. Right. But instead, she finds out that it actually was her father. Right. And not only was her father, but he's now dead. Yeah. And he he's dead by what we think is, you know, suicide. he killed himself. His, yeah. own, his own suicide. And what the course of this book and, you know, the driver of her motivations in this book is to, you know, dig deeper into why, what one, why did he leave her family? Why was he in hiding in secret? And two, why did he kill himself? Like what, what was he involved in so much that, yeah. you know, cause she's got to be thinking, all right, I was just trying to figure out who he was. Like, like he didn't need to kill himself, like to hide himself from me. So like that, that, that's got to leave such a deep hole in her. You know what I mean? Yeah. And this book is about Haley confronting that and really, you know, it goes pretty deep into what she's thinking about, why he did this, what was her role in it, could they have been there for each other, what led him that far because it seems out of place and we know Haley's really good at picking up when things just seem a little out of place 
she's going to go nonstop to put the pieces together. And so this becomes kind of a detective story. Yeah, and, very much so. And she has to put the clues together, starting with this codex she finds in the house where her father was hanging under a floorboard because she remembers he used to have, what was it, a uh, cash? Or he used to hide something under the floorboard like this in, yeah, their, cash, in their home money. growing up. And so she thought to check there, and it was his journal and a codex, and she starts putting the clues together. That's pretty much the last time we see her in D.C., because most of the book, the clues will take her to Texas, starting in El Paso, yes. because her father flew out there a few times. She's got a note about somebody he met at a strip joint out there. And again, she feels like something's out of place. And this codex is pointing to the storm. And she's got to figure out what that is and what does it have to do with her father's death. Yeah, we're given plenty of little like crumbs that are going to intrigue us into not only intrigue Haley, not only into her investigation, but intrigue us into wanting to understand further, you know, what is this plot? Where are we going to go? Yeah. I guess ultimately, right, you know, both the the little summary I just said and, you know, to Jack Carr's quote about how the plot rings eerily true, the the core of this story is about a group of people, like the Storm, who are American citizens, you know, a lot of them high-profile military people, a lot of them uh, even, you know, politicians, who are planning to secede from the United States because they, whatever they believe, you know, we're not, the country's not going the way they want it, and they plan to take over. Uh, you know, nukes are involved, or a nuke is involved in, in terms of, you know, hatching that plan. And ultimately, this becomes Haley's, you know, a one-man show to try to stop this crazy, you know, action. I wanted to ask you, Mike, how did you feel about, you know, this idea, you know, it's sort of like playing on, it's not like super real life, but it's playing on like these tensions that we have in the culture at the moment. You know, this idea that maybe people would want to, you know, leave a country that has sort of left them behind or what they feel a country that has left left them behind. How did you feel that, you know, placing it so I don't know, close to home, right. uh, what did you, what did you feel about that? I think reading this book, or I will even say for Chris, writing this book four, six, eight years ago would have made almost no sense. Yeah, exactly. Sure, Texas was talking about seceding like forever, you know, basically since they even became a state. So that little piece of it would have been would have made sense. You can make a story out of that. But the way it happens makes so much more sense in 2022 how the service members are involved. And again, and Chris was quick to point this out in our interview, not everybody, right? This was a few bad apples in the bunch, but I can very easily see, just think, you remember the stupid white power sign, the three fingers with the index finger and the thumb together? Yeah. Like, just... You started seeing that literally pop up. I remember this news report where some guy in an army base somewhere sitting at a computer sees a news camera and he flashes that symbol next to his head, makes it look like he's scratching his head. So in 2022, I think it's much more likely to imagine there's a network of people, particularly ones fueled by extreme nationalism, 
and extreme nationalism to the point of perhaps white supremacy, as this group is a white supremacist group in the book, I just I wouldn't have bought into that any other time than literally 2022. And the way Chris wrote some scenes, such as this door to doors like salesman, he's like being paid off by Congress people to essentially campaign and become a politician just to spread the message and foment this kind of movement of the storm. It's just being done in such a shady way that I could see a cabal of characters acting this way, trying to pull strings and push this agenda. So yeah, I I could see it. I was bought into it. And then on the military aspect, they basically want to have power so that their cause is justified by using this convoy they're basically sending this convoy of military equipment that's assembled to go to Eastern Ukraine or, well, Eastern Europe. I forget if it was Ukraine or, yeah. or not. It was another country that was, you know, somewhere being invaded. An by exercise, I think right? Might have been Lithuania or so, maybe Estonia. And we were supposed to send it to, to back them up, which makes sense coming out of the Monroe administration storylines. The last two books. Correct were how we were caving in too much to the Russians. We were becoming too close to them. We were essentially empowering them to make a move in Eastern Europe. And so now, with Monroe gone, Savage Road spoiler there, the next administration is going to have to be very heavy-handed in propping up NATO, right, and sending troops. So the fact that a small group of people hijacked this part of the military and tried to use it for their own purposes, yeah, man. I could see it. it. It's crazy to think about. And then they got their hands on a nuke. That was their ultimate bargaining right. chip, was that they could blow the Permian Basin, which I think Chris told us was like one-third of all oil production in the U.S. or or something like that. So that's a big bargaining chip. You got a nuke, you got a whole military convoy who's willing to take orders from you, and you've got a ton of oil reserves. You know, that's that's power right there. Yeah, it rings very much of like order to kill, right? When uh when they put the nukes into the Saudi like oil fields, right? Right. What's your let me ask you, what's your take on Publius quasi semi giving authority to Haley to go away? Andrew Wilde does say, sure, you can go investigate your father's business. And then after that goes on and on and on, Publius officially wants to pull her out of the field to send her off to London. <laughs> There's a there's a line that uh, they want to put her on a mission. But Andrew Wilde kind of – is he breaking from Publius here by giving her a secret permission, a coded permission to say, continue your investigation? I think you're on to something. That was a weird little break from Publius. Yeah, I was going to ask you about this. Like, Has has Publius failed here? Because they, they essentially allowed this to happen – under their noses, you know, yeah. they're supposed to be this state, this this like group of the, the people who are career officials that are outside of, you know, they're they're no longer in their positions, but they're protecting the constitution. Right. Yet they, for all intents and purposes, they want to they want to pull Haley out from their investigation before she gets to the truth. But Andrew Wilde, using his own intuition, gives her like a silent hint that he can that she can continue. He almost like sees the the truth in her investigation, but Publius is like dropping the ball here. I don't know. It, that part to me felt a little bit incongruous from what we've learned about Publius since then, you know, like mm. 
they knew that freaking the president was a Russian mole, right? And that they were going to allow this like deep state to exist, but ultimately they were going to protect the president and then try to flip them, fl- flip him in the end, you know? I don't know. I, th- that to me did, didn't quite work. But what I, what I did like about the plot, and I think is like strengthened by, and obviously gains, he gains information or inspiration from this. I just can't help to think, but I, I listened to this podcast and I mentioned it to Chris when, when we talked to them, talked to him about uh, this Day X. I don't know if you've heard about like Day X, but it's, it was supposed to be this like in in the German military there there was this like conspiracy to you know overtake the country and take take back by white nationalists, and it was led by this like one guy who he actually was was in the military and actually like sort of began to portray his identity as a Muslim citizen and, and like bought a gun and was going to like do this false flag attack as, as a Muslim in order to like stoke some more thing. Mm. And uh, Chris even mentions that they had allies in other countries, you know? Yeah. So it, it just, when you, when you begin to think about this and how wait, like, and especially when you see like in countries where, a lot, a lot of them are tending towards nationalism. You know, there a lot of other, not just the United States are electing leaders who are more nationalistic, more yeah. focused on in you know the individual or the individual state. You could see this happening. You know, yeah. Ultimately, in the end, it doesn't work. And and one of the things I, w- I want to we can talk about it later. But what I like about this story and what he does, and he even mentioned he wanted to do it, was the fact that the, ultimately the military didn't fail. Right. They, even though there were there were bad apples, it was the military, the people, the, the the mass majority of the military who ultimately refused to go along with this plot. Right. And over and overthrew it. I I really like that ending. Yeah. But yeah, no. Back to your back to your original question about Publius. I, I don't know. I I felt like they should have been tracking this more. Yeah. You know, like they, this, this should be on Publius's radar. Like Haley should have a carte blanche. Once she comes to them and says, "Hey, this is what I found," they're like, "Oh shit! What, do you need more help? Like, you know, do you need another operative?" Like, I wonder though, did she have the evidence? I, I, I don't. I think a few times she tried convincing people of what she was doing, but I don't think she had any evidence. It. She just had a few random names. And by the way, half this book is her chasing down random names, one after right. the other. Like, one name is carved into a jail cell, and she's the only person who sees it. And then someone else says, you know, the little doctor. And so she's got to find this little doctor. And then the little doctor jumps off the roof but gives her a name. Go find whoever, Major Culbertson. She finds Major Culbertson. And then Major Culbertson was working for a congressman. And I feel like there were just one too many links in the chain. But I guess that muddied the waters of who's in charge, who's organizing this thing, which means when she tries to tell her superiors about it, she doesn't even have any clues. She just got random names. And, you know, if she actually finds these people, which she does at the end when she finds the congressman, what was his name? Woodside or yeah, Woodside. Yeah. Then she's like, finally gotten somewhere that would actually maybe trigger a response. But honestly, to that point, she didn't have much evidence to turn in or what would she even advise Publius to do in terms of 
starting a, a search for this or pursuing the storm, like she she's got nothing essentially. Right. Yeah. The, the only the, the thing that I kept thinking about was um, the fake like movie production, like uh, timeshare. You know, like what, what did she call it? She called it like uh, white supremacist timeshare meetings. You know, where the the one guy who happened to be was it the the brother-in-law of the general or, or uh, he was related somehow, right? Yeah. He was the brother-in-law of the general who she ends up like killing or stepbrother. I forget. Like th- that's the other thing. There's a lot of like connections here that, you know, because you said there's, it, I, I ultimately both Chris highlighted this in our interview. And then I, I sort of like compared it to like levels of a video game. He, he compares it like this story is very much, it's, it's not, it's not it's taken, taken, but it's like, it's, uh, you know, um, I guess inspired by taken, right? Like yeah, exactly. Liam Neeson has his mission and he has to go to this person to find out this information, then go to this person to find out this information. I, to me, that, that rings like a, a video game, you know, like you, you get one level, right. you get to a boss and then you beat that boss to get something to go to the next level. And then, you know, you travel and get the next boss and then ultimately you get to like the final boss, right? Sure. Do you think it worked though? Do you think that worked? And I'm going to say... Particularly as an audiobook, do you think it worked? You know, this is the one time I was actually thinking about this. This is the one time I feel like an audio, maybe the audiobook did me a disservice. I agree. A hundred percent. Because all these names, you can't keep track of them. Where I feel like visually on page, you could see the name, see the spelling of the name. It would reoccur to you. Yet with the audiobook, when you heard your fourth, fifth name that she's tracking down... Like, wait, who? Wait, who was who this? Who who gave us this clue? I got a little lost in the audiobook. When I actually started reading it on the page, I liked it a little bit more. I'm willing mm, to say I think this book would be better if I read it cover to cover. Instead, I do this hybrid, read the audiobook when I finish a chapter. <laughs> Sometimes I'll pick up with that next chapter in print. And then re- wherever right. I get reading in print the next day, if I'm commuting, I'll put the audiobook in. I, I agree. That, I think, for me, is going to bring this down a few notches on the scorecard. Yeah, that's unfortunate because, yeah, like like what I said, like that whole – the name drop when the general – I don't even remember his name. <laughs> uh, he was only in it for a very short time. It, so when many he name drops, were there for a second, a page or two. When he name drops his stepbrother – I'm sure, like, if I was reading this, you know, it would be like, oh, that's the guy who was at the timeshare that that died when he got in Haley's rental car. You know, like, wow, like that hit. But for me, when I'm listening to it, I was like, wait, who is that guy? And I was trying to, I was trying to like figure it out while the story is continuing to be read to me. And then I got, I got kind of lost. I had to backtrack. Yeah. Um. So yeah, no, I, I would agree that maybe the audiobook didn't do me a little bit of a disservice. But I will say. The, I think again the the beginning of this book mm-hmm. and the ending the 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 final twist and also like one of the themes that I wanted to bring up is this idea of like a deeper emotions out of Haley Chill yeah like digging deeper into who Haley Chill actually is I really like that and to me that that shine uh, that that really shined throughout the story. And it elevated the book for me. Like, I, I just, you know, I'd have to say, like, you know, just like when I was reading Deep State, like, I was like, oh, this is a good book. But then as soon as we got the twist, I was like, wow, this is a really good book. Yep. 
And actually, we we got not one, but two twists in the book. The first twist, I could see from a mile coming. Uh, I don't know if you could. Uh, the, the fact that this, uh, you know, Detective Pogue was was actually involved in the whole thing. I, 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 I get, I, I've seen too many law and order, you know, uh, you know, crime serial, uh, episodes to, to not guess that he was involved in some case. Like what, what about you, Mike? Yeah. I don't know if I guessed it so much as when it happened, I wasn't all that bought in. So I don't actually consider that one of the big twists. I think there are two other. I think twists. I think that is. I think I, I think uh, Chris Chris considers that a big twist. He said it in an interview. I think. Sure, I think it was intended to be. I do think it pales in comparison to one, what she learns about her father in the end, and then two, April Wu. To to me, April and her father are the two big twists I'm bought into, because those are characters I've. Been I like with. those are much better. Right, yeah. we've been with those characters for a while. Pogue. Here's how I consider Pogue. I liked when Haley was working with him. I was fine with mm-hmm. him being a character, good or bad. You know, if he turned, he turned. It just wasn't going to pack the punch. It was like Asher. Do you remember Asher who worked with sure. Haley in the White oh, House? Oh, yeah. You liked him. He's a good guy. When we find out that he is he's actually with Odom. part of the deep state. Right. He was eyes right. and ears for Odom. I was kind of like, oh, that kind of sucks. You know, eh, I liked him. Wish it didn't happen. I didn't need that turn. It's not a turn that particularly gripped me. So that kind of happened with Pogue. I was like, oh, he's a good you know, foil, helping Haley, but kind of not liking Haley or mistrusting her. But then when all of a sudden he turns and he's part of Storm, or at least he's enabling Storm, I was like, oh, that, I don't know, didn't get me. Well, he's actually, what, he's a part of like the Islamic, um, the Nation of Islam. And like they're, they're, once they Texas secede, they're going to have their own like nation to the side of Texas. Yeah, it's almost like like both with Asher and with with Pogue. I feel like you you he could have laid the seeds. You know, this is Monday morning quarterbacking on a book, but he, you could have laid the seeds to make us think that he maybe we don't know if he's good or bad. Like we could be like, oh, he's good, he's bad. But in the end, yeah, he's actually good. And then that actually would have been more. I, I feel like maybe a little bit more fulfilling. You know what I mean? That would have been like Inception, adding a whole nother layer on there. I, yeah, that might have <laughs> gotten too meta. But it's like, oh, we think he's, you know, is, is, but it's like, all right, thinking back and forth, is, wait, is Pogue in on this? Does he not want Haley to, is there a reason why, or I guess the better thing, is there a reason, because he kept on saying these things of like, I need to get Haley away. Yeah. Do you want to get, does he want to get Haley away because he actively wants to stop her from discovering something? Or does he want to get Haley away because he just wants her out of, you know, the, the, he wants to do his own investigation. She's a thorn. Not yeah, hindered by some random, random person. Yeah. Yeah. All right. When, when you put it that way. Yeah, I like that. When you put it that way, that that does make sense. But can I tell you why I think the bigger twist in reveal is what Woodside says about her father? I mean, to me, that that's the closure I wanted. Like, we're looking at Haley and saying yes. a big part of it is we're getting deeper into her feelings. She's actually allowing feelings to, to exist within her. Uh, how is that going to work? You know, don't make it personal. Stan Hurley, you know, always told Mitch. All right. But Mitch would make it personal, and that's why we loved him, right? If Mitch didn't make it personal, he'd be a little more one-dimensional. Maybe, you know, he wouldn't have been the Mitch that we love. But he did make it personal on uh, most of the time. Well, Haley's finally making it personal. Is that going to cause her to make missteps? 
is the truth about her father and being in a dark place since the end of Savage Road, is that the reason she's losing an edge? She's losing her grip? She loses the fight in the beginning? We we know it's fatigue. Right. That's the reason she's off kilter, which we'll talk about in a minute. But it all comes to a close when she finds out her father was actually murdered by Oswald, you know, the hitman for Woodside, his, you know, his little uh, crony. And it's perfect because actually I think this wraps up so much because Haley's chasing him because he has the bomb, right? But at the same yeah. time, she wants to chase him and she's starting to put the clues together that he was the assassin. And her father couldn't talk to her, had to take a different identity, had to leave the family and leave the kids because he was caught up in the storm business. He he wasn't part of Storm. He didn't want to be, but he knew too much. But he knew about it. He knew people. Yeah. He said, I'm not going to be with you. I'm not for this, but they were friends. And, you know, when push comes to shove, if you know too much, doesn't matter how what crowd you're in with, that crowd's going to need to silence you. And she realized Storm had to silence her father, and her father's only way to protect the family is to not live anymore, to make it look like he doesn't live. So he takes a different identity. The whole friendly fire thing we found out in Savage Road, the whole suicide thing was all false. It was basically her father protecting her, you know, that that he did this for the family. Yeah, we haven't we haven't discussed yet uh, our thoughts on Savage Road, but I, I was at the end of that book, I was so like, I was like, why? Why did he kill himself? Yeah, I was I was right. Genuinely perplexed as to, you know. You're so close. Like, they're, they're what they're talking. And Chris even said, uh, I, I thought this too, like filming those scenes of when she's she's talking him through the door oh, or, you know, yes. on the phone, you know, because he ne- can never, he knows he can't get face to face to her because yeah, she's, she's going to know that it's her father. Exactly. Yeah. And I'm like, I, I, when I read that, that book, I'm like, Wait, why, why did Chris kill him so quickly? Right. Like, I this wrote is, it this off. Is so, something, something is not right here. It's it's so true. I wrote it off as PTSD. Like, I, I thought he was trying to make a yeah, statement. Yeah, you can do that. Right. Yeah. But, again, we learn this in Deep State. When something sits wrong with you or feels a little funny, I mean, There's sometimes I bypass it thinking it's an author's mistake or an author just trying to move on. There's other more important things to write about. But no, with Chris Howdy, every single time... There's not. That odd feeling means you're being misled or you're being set up for some major drop. But you still never see it coming. You just sit there with this weird like, oh, that's kind of a strange, funny, you know, weird little scene. I wonder why that happened. And then it takes another 200 pages before you go, oh my god. Right. Yeah, well, another oh my god moment is uh, is the end, which you know I thought it was a, a very nice epilogue or, or last chapter, where you know we, what did you think at about the end April? of Savage Road? Going what did you into think it? about April, like all throughout the book, her popping up in hotel rooms, giving Haley this kind of advice, just kind of being there, and I'm like, okay, she must be recovering. She must not be doing well. She can't be on the missions, but Publius is also allowing her just to tag along to Texas and then pop up in Texas in various locations. I again, it was one of those things that sat it sat funny with me. 
You know, I, I, I guess to be completely honest, I, I didn't think too much about like, this is weird. You know, I thought that because they did a good job in the beginning when they mentioned that obviously she's wearing something different. She's, she's injured. She's, she's hurt. She can't be in the field. It, it, it would make sense why she's not like completely in the field. Sure. But because she also is this clandestine operative, it would make sense why she's able to pop up out of nowhere okay. and surprise Haley, right? That's true. Surprise her at she, – because she surprises her in West Virginia like after her MMA match. She true, surprises true. her you know, a couple times in Texas. And she's asking her all these questions is it, you know, that she – about Sam, about her father, you know, just like things You're that right. I'm – and then Haley, Haley does a good job even though we end up finding out this is all happening in her mind of like asking her the questions as if, you know, April actually figured it out herself, you know, right. when actually, you know, Haley is, is just placing this information in April's mind, right. In, in her, in her ghost, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. It, it in, in the end, it made sense. It, right, it, it made total sense. Like you said, like, Oh, that, that makes sense. Why, you know, we never saw her like leave, like why she always just disappeared. You right. Know? She's she's the muse, she's Haley's muse, mm-hmm. and it's like Very this much ghost so. apparition, so. and she's urging Haley on to go deeper in her friendships and relationships, but urging her on and pointing her in the right direction of the mission too. Yeah, it's one of those, you know, it's 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 pretty well executed, you know, like like a sixth sense, you know, like the the end drop that, you know, the guy's actually dead. Spoiler, I guess, yeah. <laughs> uh, if you haven't yeah. seen the sixth yeah. sense, but. Um, <laughs> It worked here, though. It really did. Not only, not only was the twist, not only did it work, but I also just thought it it lended so much to Haley's character, especially this final chapter with her yes. going and visiting April in the hospital, obviously before she's dead. The banter between them, this fact that you know she she wanted a specific moisturizer, and Haley just buys her some <laughs> cheap shit off off of <laughs> from Walgreens, uh, you know. We got a little bit of an insight into their relationship and the fact that they 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 did have a relationship. It wasn't just competition. Yes, uh, I guess we get a little bit of that in Savage Road, but um, you know, I I I liked that combined with the hunt for her father and her family, uh, more understanding more of her family. The insight we got into her relationship with Sam, even though you know Chris pulls a howdy again, mm. and we're never going to see Sam again. Which right. I, I asked him this. I was like, wait. As I'm reading the flash forward, I'm like, wait, you're you're perfectly fine, never going back to this character again. Like that that is bold, my friend. I, whoa, like I agree that I wasn't happy with it at first, but this Detective Gibbs guy or Deputy Gibbs, oh, so he fills we got to get into a niche. He fills a need. Yeah, um, we got to get into that. We got to get into the pregnancy. Two other things yes. I really liked about the book. So. Yeah, what do you want to? What do you All want right, to do let's, next? Let's wrap up this. You know, just give me your final thoughts on, you know, going more emotion deeper into you know Haley as an emotional character, like having having actual emotions, not just this operative. Well, I think the I think the pregnancy is the vehicle to propel that, yeah. and tell that story, and I might have been perhaps my favorite through line of the book. You know how the chapters are really long? You only have, what, 12 or so? Yep. And, and Chris has done this in all his books. Very long. 
They're very long chapters, but within those chapters are these chunks, right? And so mm-hmm. every time we would kick off a chunk where Haley's taking steps in the pregnancy were were my favorite. I was that's when I was really tuning in because I was so on edge about what she would do, right? She's she's a very independent woman with a lot of choices to make and she's dead set that she made up her mind she can't carry this pregnancy to term. It's not who she is. The country needs her. And quite frankly, she sees no other option. She says, that's who I am. That's all I can be. And she gets the drugs. She gets the the medicine to, to terminate the pregnancy. But she keeps delaying it. And so every time we come back to, oh, I just did this, you know, foot chase with this guy. I didn't get to take my pills. You know, I'll take him in the morning. And then when we come back to her and she has another thing pop up and she goes, nope, I'm still fully intending on doing it. And she doesn't. And then all of a sudden... She flushes them down the toilet. I was I loved watching Haley grow in how she handled that. And eventually, I think, without saying it, I think she realized she could do this. It, she was not going to run from it. Like every other challenge in her life, she was ready to confront it. And I, I do think, as much as she knew it wasn't likely, I do think she came to a place where she would have been open to motherhood. I really do. Yeah, I guess it's a, you know, a bold choice for Chris to even put, to even touch this subject in any sort of way. You know, like he says, he doesn't want to alienate, you know, he wants all people to read his book. So, you know, he's pretty sure he's probably got, he said he, he's going to get people who don't like it just because she even thought about potentially getting one. Because she went know, to the clinic. An abortion. Yeah. Right. Yeah, no, I, I think it just shows that the whole the whole situation just gives her more depth and gives we get more insight into you know who she is what what she how she thinks um what you know and then ultimately what she decides to do even though eventually it, it doesn't come to fruition that you know she was willing to embrace this new stage of her life yeah and i guess this is coupled with her relationships both to ending the relationship with sam and then potentially starting a new relationship with this Texas sheriff who I thought was dead. I, I I am almost positive they said he died. You know, he gave his life for but then but then Chris says, Oh wait, I maybe I shouldn't say this, but he I I was thinking about bringing him back. So what did, how did you read that, Mike? I went through this with a fine tooth comb. You ready? Three I've got yeah. three instances that give us some hints here. First, okay. if Howdy's going to kill somebody, he's going to kill him, or he's going to give him a flash forward so we know how they die. True. We don't get that. Deputy Gibbs is giving Haley cover as she runs away to catch Oswald running through the desert with the nuclear device. He knows he's got to hold off these guys, but he has no chance. So he's holding them off. He's taking shots. Eventually, they get him pinned down. His gun, I think it's an M4, misfires. He can't get it unjammed. He knows it's done. Tosses it off to the side. And at that moment, the guys are closing in on him. He takes a round in the back. He said it felt like a sledgehammer, and he goes down face first into the pavement. He's got to be wearing a vest, so that's number one. Yeah. But then the scene cuts with the guys closing on his position, 
and he says he rolls over from his stomach. As he's rolling over, looking up into the sky, he's reaching for his knife blade. Boom. Cutscene. Okay. All right. So we know he's reaching for his knife. Second thing. At the later in that chapter, at another cutscene, the cops show up, are about to apprehend the guys who were closing on his position. They end up having a third shooter who shoots the cops, but those guys pull off. So the same guys who were closing in on him and he was about to knife, we know get basically chased off by this cop and then they start chasing Haley or doing something else. So we never see them close in on him. And the third thing, Haley does say he gave his life in service to this country. She tells Andrew yeah, Wilde. Yeah, d- she says that. But how would she know? She don't know. She All she says, there is another line that she says, I know Deputy Gibbs. He was a warrior. There was only one way that could have ended, with him giving his life. But that's just her conjecture. Mm. I guess in the in the moment that that's that's supposed to be uh, just a you know because she got picked up by the military taken to you know and is talking to people so yeah I, I guess we haven't fully seen the end of that I, but just reading it that's what my assumption was I was taking it for face right. value that she knew he was dead but obviously you know I guess this may be a spoiler for the next book uh, is it's something that that Chris wants to explore and so we. You know, right. Gibbs is not dead and is, is going to be back. And Haley is going to have even more affection for him because she thinks he gave his life for her. And he may have, right? She does say twice, once to Andrew Wilde, he was a patriot. He's the reason that I was able to catch the guy with the nuke because he gave himself to stop these guys from pursuing me. That's good stuff. That's good writing. It is. Your your first thing is that we never we didn't, we didn't get the flash forward. We didn't see that's it. like, yep. you know, yep. the old trope in like these superhero movies or, you know, I guess most movies, if you don't see a body, you know, right. then they're not dead. If you don't, that's if it. you don't get a howdy, then they're not dead. You know, it, that, that's it. Exactly. That's why I, when I was listening to it, and then when I went back to reread it on the page, dude, I made sure I went over that with a fine tooth comb. All right, Mike, how about we uh, we get into some of these scorecard things? Let's do it. And one piece of this I want to start with, it's the first one, is action. Because even though we've captured some of the action, dude, we barely scratched the surface on some of the badass we things did. Haley does. We've been going for like 45 minutes now, and, and we, <laughs> we barely talked about action. Right. Which is just, it shows the depth of this book. But it opens essentially with, first off, two dead bodies and, you know, the Sheriff Gibbs is trying to figure out what's going on. We've got these oil explosions, these rigs blowing up. We didn't even talk about that. This whole plot is these oil rigs blowing up across Texas, and that's why the deputy's on the the scene. But then we cut to the MMA fight, and this is one of two MMA fights. Haley's pretty slow on her feet. She's kind of... She's broken. She's lost, and she loses an edge and loses that fight. But we definitely know she could still fight with the second MMA fight on the army base or the the open fist boxing. Yeah, what do yes. you think of that? That was that was kind of wild. I just thought, like, would they have really let this random person who's she's obviously not wearing like any sort of military fatigues? Like, I think they say she's wearing like some like white shirt and like you know pants like would they really just let her hop in the ring like wouldn't they be like who the hell is this this 
And what the general even, or the major, says he realizes who she is once he sees her. Like, wouldn't he run? Like, why why wouldn't you run if if you know this is an outsider? You're planning something. her name has been popping up around. Obviously, she, her name is popping up around everybody who's been dying around this investigation. But it's his turf. Yeah, but it's his I, turf. I, yeah, I really like the 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 op- the opening MMA scene because it, it sort of uh, is a reciprocal to the opening of of Deep State. Yes, but in in this case, she loses. Uh, she's 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 down down in her luck. I guess you know she's not quite ready for it. You know we don't really. We don't know yet why she's not ready for it. Uh, in the end, we find out because she's pregnant at the time. But um, yeah, no, like not only is there so there's action there. There's action when she goes to find uh, the guy who met up with her father at the strip club. Who was he? Also a crossdresser. Like right. he's, he's a crossdresser. It follows him to his house, and then there's a bunch of white supremacists there. Like. That shootout was pretty crazy. That was a pretty cool scene. Also, not just the action of the shootout, but Haley pretends she has the flat tire to get him to come right. out of the house. And then that's when they take her into the house. So, yeah, she does some pretty cool little tricks like that to get the upper edge on people. She's almost like a a spy kind of here doing those things. Oh, very much so. And uh, there's the action of her chase of the doctor. Right. There's the the chase at the convention center or or you know country club wherever the setting is where the, the one guy is is trying to re- recruit money yep. uh, for for the storm. This, um, there's the the storming of the ranch. Yes, uh, with you know the the father of the missing girl who like at first I was like who the hell is this person teaming with Haley. and then and then then it's finally revealed you know oh he's he's the guy and that's the person we've been seeing. He's looking for his on daughter flyers, or whatever. Yeah. On the flyers. Um, Who did Haley kill with the gold pen? Took his pen and shoved it in his ear and threatened to push it harder? Which of the very many guys was that? She didn't kill him. That that was the guy who was the actually the stepbrother of the general. Okay. Who he, he ended up dying by taking her bag and running. And she's trying to get at him. And he gets in her car. It and the car up. explodes. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Um, my guess is that they tracked her to that meeting. Right. And put the bomb in while she was inside in the meeting. Yep, exactly. Some of those parts were very, could have been very exciting. But it was at the point in the story where I was, I was long, I was, I was long winded from all the other people she chased already. So by that time, you can write a kick-ass scene of guy steals the keys. She had the pen in his ear. She was threatening him. He gets away, and then she runs. Out, he runs outside, and then the bomb goes off. But it was almost a little too much at that point that I just wasn't keeping track of things anymore. That could just be me. It could have been my take. But some stuff in the middle of this book seemed so cool, but I just couldn't find myself to keep up with it all. And then I kind of am wondering, like, what about the search for her father? Yo, what about Andrew Wilde? What about Publius? You know, what about these other through lines? She's doing all this stuff, but it was almost too many cooks in the kitchen at one point. Yeah, because then, like the whole time, also, what's his name? The guy who had the nuke. Um, 
Oswald. Oslo? Olsen? Oswald. Oswald. Um, he's also tracking her. So there, there's like that tension and suspension. Yeah, the, like I said, there's the attack of the ranch where she confronts the politician who, he's the one who knew her father. Yes. Uh, and she's, he's the one who tells her that her father was actually not involved or he, he just had found out too much. And then I guess the, the, I think the best action is probably the shootout at the end. 100%. I don't know if you agree with me. I agree. You know, it, giving me that, that, uh, Maybe because it's Texas and so close to Mexico, but like, like the, the 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 scene in Lethal Agent where Mitch is like driving the truck, yes, near the border or, or trying to find the truck near the border, like that yes. that was that was really cool. It also and then you got these special operated operations guys. A hundred percent. That's definitely my favorite action. the The last quarter of this book really got my attention back. Like, really, I was all in. It was a fantastic final sequence. And on top of that, she also has to hide out in the desert. When Oswald gets hit by the rattlesnake, drops the nuke, Haley's like, the free states of America are all over this place. I don't know who's friend or foe, even in the military or the police. You know, everybody is storm. I have the nuke, which could prevent them from being able to secede. If they get their hands on me and on the nuke, game's up. Free states of America will happen. So she decides I'm going to camp out in the desert. She actually, you know, stays there, falls asleep there, and ultimately she has to bury it. So her hiding out in the desert, knowing she has to keep hidden and keep the secret, also made me think of Mitch in Yemen in Lethal Agent when he's right. hiding out overnight. Right. And he says, Scott, you guys get away. Take them that way and I'll get the guys off your back. And Mitch disappears into the desert. It's kind of cool to see Haley do that. Yeah. Great scene. No, I, I like the um, just the tension, and because you don't know, like, because she's just focusing on one plot, like the, the nuke. But then there's there's so many other factors going on with because they said like you know you cut off the head of this like it's like a hydra, right? You cut off the head of the hydra, three are going to sprout out. So like this pl- just because she killed both the general and the politician, the plan is still going to go forward, and we don't know like ultimately what is going to happen. In the end, uh, you know, it doesn't happen and it, it fizzles out. But um, yeah, that, that was just a lot of suspension at the very end, and I, I really like the plot. Yeah. Cool. Let's let's move on to the scorecard then. So we just summarized action. So ten points. What are you going to say for action? I think I'm going to give it a. I want to say like a seven or an eight. I don't know. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Mike? I think because there was a lot of it, I'm going to go eight. I was actually even flirting with yeah. eight and a half. I'm going to go higher. Uh, I think I'll go eight. Because there was a lot of it. But my my counterpoint to that is I'm going to go a little lower on the plot. I'm going to go down to a six. Ooh. Okay. Again, because less what the plot was, more the pacing of the plot. I was bought in in the beginning. Mm. I wanted to go on the goose chase. But then the codex never comes into play for right. I wanted that to come into to more play. Yeah. yeah. So we almost went off on these side stories. This Liam Neeson trying to track down eighteen different people so that he can get the next clue, or like a Da Vinci Code type thing. Yeah. But I wanted the clues to link together a little more than they did. I wanted more of that binding agent, and and it was just missing. So the plot, in terms of pacing, I'm going to go down to a six. 
I'd have to say this. Um, I, I'm giving the plot an eight because I once I thought of it more of like a Liam Neeson type thing or like a video game. It it made it made more sense to me, e- even though there was a lot. I, I will I will you know I'll agree with you in terms of that. But I I thought the plot was pretty good. And I think when you think about this and like just how Chris writes and how he thinks as a screenwriter, you could totally see this being like a, a six to eight episode, you know, season of a, of a Netflix series, right? Or, or, or whatever. Cause you can think like every single like cliffhanger ending of the episode, you know, you have the, the shootout at the, the beginning of, at the white supremacist uh, hut. Yep. And then you have the next episode is, uh, you know, she finds the doctor and I wait, no, he's not the one. And then the next she, she goes to the major and no, oh no, he's not the one. You got to go find this person. And then, mm. And she, he finds this person, and oh no, he's not the one. You got to go find the politician. Then you find the politician, right. and no, you got to go find. Yeah, it kind of drags, but I, I, when I think about like what he was trying to do, I'd have to say he ultimately executed sure. it. Sure. And the twists, like I, I got to include the twists in the plot, and I did, I did enjoy the final two twists. Yes, I so. agree. Yeah, all that makes sense. I'm similarly for these reasons going to go a little lower on buy-in. I gave it a three out of five. That was more my buy-in to the story because, again, the middle third, I wasn't as invested. The buy-in to the free states of America and this rising white supremacist movement, I yeah, I, I was digging that as a literary device. I was digging that as a storytelling plot. I, I thought very creative in that regard. But I am going to go a little lower just... I wasn't really bought into the oil explosions and why they were happening, who was behind them. Not that interested. And the things I was more interested in, Haley's father, Haley's pregnancy, uh, the secret code, putting the clues together a la Da Vinci Code style. I was more interested in that, but it took a backseat to some of the other things. So three out of five. Yeah, I'm I'm a little higher than by it. I I completely bought into this plot because... I just feel like it's so prescient in terms of these, you know, just the situation that we're, we see ourselves in, not only as a country, but just as, as a, a globe. And you, you just see these more and more countries leaning into maybe, maybe, or, you know, you could argue, you know, just look at, look at China, look at Hong Kong, like, uh, you know, these types of nationalist feelings. So I don't know. I, I thought it was, I, I thought it was a very good idea and pretty well executed. Okay. Um, so I give it a four. Now the, the bad guys, on the other hand, you know, when we think about our characters, I, I'm, I'm sort of medium on them, mainly because there was too many of them, yes, and we weren't invested that much in one single bad guy. You know, ultimately, I guess we're supposed to fear this politician and fear this, the, the, the you know, the general who's in charge of everything. But I just, I didn't. I didn't really care about any individual one, so I, I gave it a two. Yeah. I'm going to say the same, a two out of five, for the exact reason. If Woodside were sprinkled in throughout the plot, mm. I would have been bought into the meeting at the end where she uncovers him. Right. I I almost would have liked more, like, and this Vince Flynn would do all the time and is, is a t- what a ton of thriller writers do you have glimpses of that bad guy all along. I mean, Lions of Lucerne opens with Fawcett. You know, Fawcett and right. the, the Senators. Right. 
it opens with them and you you see glimpses of them throughout and you're you're keeping up with um what's the other bad guy's name the actual operative in lions oh major minor, um, minor. yeah you, minor you're minor, seeing these minor. people the whole way through so when you get to the final climax or the confrontation it means so much it's such a deeper even if you don't know who they are right. Right, or their names. They yeah. could be shadow figures, or you make them shadow figures. I feel like even if every clue that Haley got along the way said, you know, oh, the congress, you know, the congressman, or there was a, a code name for this person who was pulling the strings, and then that all led to Woodside, I thought that would have been really cool. And But he wasn't fleshed out, so two out of five. Now, what, what, what about the good guys, Mike? I'm going a little higher. I'm with Chris. He liked writing Deputy Gibbs. I liked enjoying Haley's encounters with him. I liked when they ran into each other at the cafe, when they chatted. And then I also thought we did see a little peek behind the curtains with Publius. I enjoyed another former president and Supreme Court justice out on the shooting range. And that little scene where former president who Chris says an airport is named after him in his home state. And he asked is us, George, who did we think Bush? it was? Well, yeah, George, there's uh, Bush airport in Texas. But then I looked it up. There's also a Clinton airport in Arkansas. So who oh, did he mean? I thought it was Bush. I thought, I thought, it, was thought it was Bush, Bush. too. Yeah, I really did think it was Bush. But he bets Haley, and and she wins the bet, and she says, double or nothing, that she'll make the shot, and she'll beat her time on the training course. And then Andrew Wilde giving her secret permission or coded permission to finish what she's doing underneath Publius's radar. I really liked all those pieces. So the good guys get a four out of five for me. Yeah, I also give it four. And I, in addition to what you said, I, I think just that, that even though she's ultimately a ghost, like just the, the April Wu character, like – getting her here and getting this you know interplay between her and Haley even though it's not actually her as a physical person I, I really like that you know and I, and I liked I, even though it was bold I liked the, the sending off of, of Sam I liked the introduction of Gibbs um, so yeah the, the good the good guys were, were pretty good in, in, in this in this series all right, what about what about setting, Mike? Uh, you know, we're we're outside of we're finally outside of Washington D.C. One of these books, right? And that's usually Money in the Bank for me is a good D.C. book, which which Chris has done twice now. But I did enjoy the the change up. I, the curveball was okay yeah, with me, too. me. Going out west, these great plains, and one of the most clever things was the C.J. Box name drop. Because we're very mm. clearly getting inspiration of these wide open, expansive areas. You open with this sheriff investigating the dead bodies. And the fact that you gave a nod to CJ Box in the book, it just makes sense because that's all of his stories uh, take place in wide open areas like that. So four out of five on the setting. And then that lake was on fire, that oil refinery spilled. Yeah, that was lake. really cool. Really cool little things like that. I'm good with it. Four out of five. Yeah, I've I've driven across the entire state of Texas when I did a cross country road trip in in college, and just the descriptions that he that he puts in terms of these vast wide open spaces, I don't know, were really good. And 
I thought he did a very good, you know, service to the the area of West Texas and, you know, giving us this idea of you know, this down home area right. and especially with, with the characters we meet in, in that area, like the people at the coffee shop or the, or the waffle house or the, yes. you know, the, the, the Tex-Mex place. Uh, I thought that was, it was pretty good. Yes. All right. So our favorite section of the scorecard the cover. We only, we only have one. We only have one, yeah. So far, because it, it just came out. But what do you think of the original cover, Mike? It's pretty good. It's pretty good. I, I definitely like it. It's no deep state. It's no deep state for me. Yeah, and y- you heard him on the interview. He want, They're going to change deep state. And I was. I, I didn't want to, like, I don't want to burst his bubble in terms of, like, no, don't do that. We love the deep state cover. Um, but yeah, like they want to change all the covers to be more like this one, Yeah, but it's, it's pretty cool. I mean, obviously they're going for this whole open landscape, Texas, you know, West Texas theme. Oh yeah. One of the things that I liked and, you know, sometimes you could, you could find in these novels, they do it a a little bit over overtly, like they're trying to work in the the title of the book to something. But, like, these storms in West Texas just come out of nowhere. And, like, the description of, you know, them coming along. And I thought that was very well executed and weaved into the area, into the plot. So, I, I like the title. Yeah, I, I the cover's good. Yeah. I, I gave it a four. Yeah. You know, I, I can't. If we get more uh, variation, you know, maybe, maybe that score would go down. But it's kind of hard to give this, you know, it's, it's a solid cover. It's a solid cover. I I could justify a four, but I I Deep State is doing something special with that cover. I don't think this one reaches that level. I was gonna pull out the half card if you would so allow me. I'm gonna give it. I'll allow you. I'm gonna give it a three point five. Just I I can't find it myself to put this on the same rank at, that I gave Deep State because I absolutely adore that cover. So. 3.5. That's where the multiple versions of Deep State hurts it, right? Like if if we just had the original, if we only had the original of Deep State, that would probably five. be a five out of five. Five right? out of five, right? Yeah, that was the other iterations that brought it down a point. This one though, it, I can't go as low as a three because the cover is so perfect for the story. The open road, yeah. Haley's always driving. There's little droplets of like water and moisture because the storm is coming. There's this bright orange glowing cloud is that just the storm rising is that the sun setting on this dark area oh is it the fire and the capital and and the capital building is is in shadow in the letter i right in the dead center great little that nod. was pretty cool yeah i didn't i did not pick up that until chris pointed it out i did not either it's a nice little easter egg so yeah i gotta go three and a half using my half card all right, Mike, what's your free space? You know, this one, I wasn't too sure about. But I, I have to go with the pregnancy subplot. I really okay. loved how that was dealt with. I I think it was expertly done, not to anger anybody, but to approach the issue from a very well-rounded perspective that Haley goes through the gamut of emotions, I think a lot of people in her shoes would feel. So again, it was a way to take an untouchable character, a character who is nearly perfect in every way, 
and we can't really identify with because she's so strong, yet make her human and make her identifiable and put her on our level. And watching her go through that, I thought was phenomenal. And every choice Chris made about that subplot, I thought was executed with precision and heart. How about you? What's your free space? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe this is always going to be my free space, but it's got to be it's got to be one of the howdy twists because I just thought the the you know showing us that April was actually dead was was pretty cool. And I, as I'm reading that, that was a real like oh shit moment for me. I even I even texted you thinking that you had already finished the book because um, you always finish the books before me, <laughs> and I actually I had I had actually beaten you to you that did, point. You did. Well, yeah, no, I, I, I really enjoyed that. I, I think it, you know, we definitely improved improved my image of the book or, you know, how, how I enjoyed this book. Yeah, no, and I, I hope I hope we get more of that character going forward. I feel like cause that's such an easy thing to, to plug in and to have a character that can be anywhere with Haley yeah, yep. and have this, you know, essentially essentially a conversation with yourself, but it's a, but she then throws in, the characteristics of what we know April is or who we knew April was. Yep. Um, so yeah, no, I'm, I'm excited to see, see that in the future. Agreed. Great book, Chris. Great book. We got two more Chris Howdy books to go. Looking forward to it. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you, I ended up giving it 39. We looked at a little flip flop from deep state. We did. I got the 35 and a half. Yeah. All right. So, I think if you average these two books, they're 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 both pretty much the same. So there you go. All right, guys, we hope you enjoyed that podcast today. We're going to be coming at you next week with Savage Road, the book that actually precedes this book. So we're doing a little bit out of order, but yeah, look look for that in your podcast feed. Also, go check out the Brad Thor, the No Limits Brad Thor podcast, where we've put both part one and part two of. The Path of the Assassin. Really good pods. I, I, I highly recommend you go listen to those. Um, subscribe, rate, and review anywhere you listen to your podcasts. We are on thrillerpod.com. You can find us at Twitter or Instagram at Pod. We always have to thank our patrons, our special operator, Sherry F., our special agents, Daryl, Kevin, George, Matt, Don, Dennis, Peggy, Catherine, Ray, Bridget, Jeff, and Mark. And as always... Trust no one.